you really want to see the monkey come out of him, then you can watch the film later on. Those of you who've seen the film know exactly what I'm talking about. Well, Bruce is given power. Bruce is given power and he's given authority to go and be God. Okay, there, is a lot, there are lots of ways that this movie clip, kind of the analogy, falls down quite significantly. There are more than two rules for a start uh, and uh, whatever else. But, you know, Bruce is given uh, power and authority. Bruce is given uh, something, uh, a job to do. God does not go on vacation. God is always working, as Jesus said. But here's the thing, you know, when we are filled with the Spirit of God, with the power of God, that changes everything. When we understand the authority that we've been given by Jesus, and we see in a, in a little bit, we talk about this a bit more, about praying in Jesus' name, that's where the authority comes from. Then Jesus himself said that we'll do greater things than even he did. That's quite a claim. If you, in John 14, verse 12, Jesus, Jesus says that. He says to the disciples who are waiting, he says, you know, when I've gone, you, you guys are going to do greater things than I did. You're going to do just what I did at least, if not more. That's quite an amazing verse. The thing is, we can't do that without Jesus. We can't do that without his presence. And tonight, as we continue our series in um, uh, the, book of, the start of the book of Acts on pursuing God, we're going to look a little bit at healing. So what I'd like to do is, if you've got a Bible, uh, turn to Acts chapter 3. If you haven't, do grab one from the back, because we're going to be looking at it quite closely. Um, just before we do the reading, let me give you a little roadmap of what I want to do tonight. Um, firstly, we're going to look at this passage, and what does it say about healing? Uh, and then we're going to uh, demonstrate how we can pray for healing. And we're going to be praying for people uh, tonight, asking God to come and heal those uh, uh, things among us that he wants to, to heal. So we're going to have a bit of input and then some practical kind of outworking of that. And we're going to have plenty of time to wait on the presence of God, to invite him to come in healing power and to meet with us and empower us in ministry later. So Acts chapter 3, verses 1 to 11, we're going to read this and pray together. One day, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer at three in the afternoon. Now, a man crippled from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him, as did John. Then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. Then Peter said, silver or gold I do not have, but what I have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. When all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. While the beggar held on to Peter and John, all the people were astonished and came running to them in the place called Solomon's Colonnade. And why don't we just put our hand on our hearts? We're going to pray. Father, I pray that you take your word from the page by your spirit and write it on our hearts. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. Speak to us, Lord. We want to listen. We want to learn and we want to put it into practice. In your name and for your glory we pray. Amen. Amen. Okay. This passage is the first healing that takes place in the book of Acts. 
If you want to know a little bit about the book of Acts, it's written by a guy called Luke. Now, Luke is the same Luke who wrote Luke's gospel. Uh, Luke is a doctor, but he's, he's, a, he's a thorough researcher. So Luke put together Luke and the book of Acts to tell the story of the ministry of Jesus and the ministry of the early church or the work of the Holy Spirit through the early church. And he did his work hard. He, he was involved in the book of Acts, so he was an eyewitness there. But he collected every bit of evidence he could for Luke's gospel to present a comprehensive look at the ministry, the demonstration, and the teaching of Jesus. And in the book of Acts, we see what the life of Jesus, what Jesus did, lived out in the lives of the early disciples. So what Jesus did in Luke's gospel, the disciples do in the book of Acts. So when we come to this healing in Acts chapter 3, we see the disciples doing what Jesus did. So that's the first thing, you know, we are disciples of Jesus, therefore we are to do the things that Jesus did. So what did they do here? What actually happened? Let's go through the story, shall we? So Peter and John were doing what they did every day. So they would go to the temple to pray regularly. In fact, it's pretty likely that the early church uh, um, met in both homes, but also met in the temple. So it's probably they were going to meet other Christians, other new converts. You know, day of Pentecost, thousands were converted. They were having to meet all over the city. And they were probably heading into the temple, three o'clock in the afternoon, I think it was, uh, for prayers. Um, so they, it was a regular thing they did. They walked into the temple. They walked through this gate called Beautiful on a daily basis. The crippled man also had a daily routine. His daily routine was that his friends would pick him up, take him to the, beautiful, the gate Beautiful, leave him there so he could beg uh, and get money um, because that would be the place that all the worshippers would be coming into the temple. And, you know, giving to the poor was a really important part of the worship of Israel. So the Jewish people were expected to give to the poor. So this man was in prime position to receive, to benefit from the generosity of others. Daily routine. Every day, Peter and John walk past this man. Every day, this man's put at the gate to beg for money. Every day the same, except this one. This day is a different day. In fact, this day is the last day that this man we brought to the gate left there to beg for money. This day is the last day that he asks someone for money because God intervened in everyday life. I want us to imagine tomorrow what our everyday life looks like. What does Monday look for you? What does your workplace look like? What does your family life look like? Maybe it's just getting up, getting the kids ready for school. Uh, Maybe it's just getting up, going to work, getting on the same tube that you've been on every day for the last year. What does your Monday look like? Maybe it's the same Monday you always have. Imagine God invading your Monday. Imagine God invading your school. Imagine God invading your college. Excuse me. Imagine God invading uh, just, just your normal journey. Imagine that God could do something tomorrow that would transform the whole of your day. Because that's what God is in the business of doing. That's what God did with Peter and John. Their daily routine. They were probably used to seeing Jesus do incredible things. They were used to, they'd seen the day of Pentecost. That was pretty special. 3,000 people coming into the kingdom, joining the early church. Yet in this day, at this time, God intervened um, and met with this crippled man. God wants to work in our everyday life. And to be honest, it's in everyday life that most miracles happen. 
It really isn't in the building here, if you like. This is a great place to meet, to pray, to worship. We come to gather as family together and we believe God is with us and God meets with us powerfully. But it's out there, it's in everyday life that God intervenes and God does so much and so many miracles. This is the training place for the marketplace. I think I used that quote in my last talk, but I don't care because it's a good one. This is the training place for the marketplace. This is what we're trained to do, what God wants us to do tomorrow. Maybe God would invade our everyday life. That's the first thing we get from this passage, from this story. The second thing is this, is that Peter and John noticed someone in need. And maybe, again, we have a regular route to work. We sit on the same train. We've seen the same people. You know, the school gate, we meet with the same uh, mums or dads or grandparents. There are just people we recognise on our streets who leave the same time that we do. Can you think of those people that you see, you'll see tomorrow? People in school, you can see them tomorrow. Teachers you see, lecturers you see, whoever it might be. But I wonder how many of those people we actually notice. And that's not a criticism because noticing is really different from seeing. Have you ever thought that? Noticing is really different from seeing. Um, the dictionary says that noticing is showing interest and giving attention to. That, that, um, that noticing is, is showing interest and giving attention to someone. And then we see uh, Peter and John on this occasion. They notice um, the beggar. Let's go to verse 4. Peter looked straight at him, as did John. They'd walked past him before. There's no question of that. But today they noticed him. They don't fly by on important business. They're going into the temple to pray, to gather with the church. That's important. They're leaders. In fact, probably the two senior leaders. But they don't just leave this guy where he is. They notice him. They look at him. They engage with him. And they tell him to look at them. We notice those we love. We notice those that we love. We need to know that God so loved the world that he gave his only son. We notice those that we love. We need God's heart for those we're going to see tomorrow. Because we want people to go from people we see to people we notice. I wonder who that might be for you. So Peter and John look intently into the face of this man and they get him to look back at them. And I was thinking and praying about this this week and I wondered why they did that. And I think it's because God filled their heart with compassion. I think God gave them compassion. I think that is absolutely the key thing we need if we're to do anything like pray for healing. If we're to talk about healing, if we're to talk about miracles, if we're to talk about anything to do with uh, signs and wonders, sharing our faith with anyone else, we first have to know God's compassion for those we're, we're with. Peter and John are looking far past the outward appearance. They're looking far past just who this guy is. And it will be a guy they recognise, and maybe they are recognisable too. They're, they're saying to this man, because from a heart of compassion, they're saying, you are worthy of my attention. You are valued. Why? Because God says you're worthy of his attention, and he values you. That's what we're doing in just showing it. In, in, giving our no, in, in noticing and in giving our attention to someone else, we're saying you are worthy of my attention. You are worthy of God's attention. 
I remember when I first moved to university, uh, I went out, as you do, on a pub night uh, to meet some friends. Unfortunately, um, none of my friends turned up to the pub. Um, that was not a regular occurrence for me, I have to say. And not being a big fan of drinking alone, I decided that I'd probably head back home. And um, as I... Um, Headed back home. Being a student, I was quite poor and hadn't eaten well, so I was hungry. So I walked down to the cash point just down from the pub and uh, got some money out. And by the cash point was a guy who was begging for money. And my first emotion, my first reaction, I remember it well, was irritation. This man has picked a spot to manipulate me well for my money, says the committed Christian. Uh, Walking past the guy and suddenly I was about to get cash out and I felt a prod that I know Oh, too well, the Spirit of God saying to me, Chris, why don't you buy him something to eat? And so reluctantly, I got some money out and I just turned to this guy and I said, is there anything I can get you to eat? And he said, I'd love a jacket potato. Over the road, jacket potato shop, went over the road, bought a jacket potato, came back, sat down with this guy. And we talked for about an hour and a half. Um, It was a long time. People wondered whether I was begging too, sat next to him, as they came to queue for money. Now, I like to think that's because I didn't look too untidy or dirty or anything like that, but we just chatted for a long time. I got to know about him, why he was homeless, why he was begging, what, he, what happened in his life and where he was living now, where he was staying. And, and it, was, it was really, to be honest, it was the first time in my life I'd ever really done that. And, and I was sat with him. Um, he ate the food, conversation finished, and I, I headed home. I headed home kind of... Wow. What had God done? God had just given me compassion. And I didn't have any in my heart before that point. God just gave me compassion for him. I noticed him. Initially, I thought he was an irritation. I only saw him. But God gave me compassion and I noticed him. Because compassion changes the way we look at people. Went to see Man of Steel on Friday night. I recommend it. Very good film. Um, and um, just before I walked in, this guy walked towards me and he was absolutely drunk. And he said to me, did I know of any good films to go and watch? So I suggested about three or four and he didn't like any of them. So I thought that we're not getting very far. And I asked him his name and his name was Luke. And, and I said to him, Luke, well, I'm, I'm a Christian. And, and as soon as I said the word Christian, he reacted quite not very happy. So I thought, well, this, that's, that's okay. So we just continued a conversation around that. But again, at that moment, I sensed God give me that compassion for Luke. Not that I saw some drunk guy getting a bit aggressive, not very easy to listen to. He'd come out of prison. I was wanting to find out about his life and what he was doing and where he was going. And it wasn't because I'm a really nice guy. It's because God gave me a sense of compassion for him. I didn't ask for it, if I'm honest. It just happened as I was talking to it. But I notice it because it's different maybe to my normal reactions. Compassion changes the way we approach people. If we're full of compassion, we'll notice people. Peter and John were full of compassion. This wasn't an irritation. This was a man made in the image of God who God loved. And they wanted to show him that love. And I've got the flip chart here for a reason, and I've just realised why. It's because I want us to write these things down. The first thing is this, is that when we think about anything to do with healing or praying for healing, the key place, okay... Is daily life. Can you read that? Okay, daily life. The second key thing is our heart, which has to be a heart of compassion. Okay, God invades our daily life. He does it as we have a heart and show a heart of compassion towards those we meet. And the third thing 
The third thing that we need to understand is something I've already mentioned, which is power and authority. Which is Jesus' name. Okay. The man is expecting money from, uh, from Peter and John. And they don't have any money. Well, Peter, I think, probably could have got some money, but he doesn't do that. He has power and authority from Jesus. You know, he prays in the name of Jesus. That's where we get authority. You know, that's where, uh, if, I were the, if the uh, chief commissioner of the Metropolitan Police were to say to me and to provide me with, with a certificate or something saying, I could arrest people, that's authority. That means I can do it. If I were big and strong and the person I'm arresting was small, that's the power. Do you see what I'm saying? So the power we have is the power of the Holy Spirit that lives within us. The Spirit of God gives us the power to do the things that Jesus did. And Jesus said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Now you go because I've given you the authority to do what I've asked you to do. I've not only given you the authority, that's my name. Names are really powerful. You know, you can get into places by knowing someone's name. You can get around the Houses of Parliament by knowing someone's name. You can get uh, into the headmaster's office for a good reason by knowing someone's name. You know, someone's name has power, has, enables you to open doors to do things. And the name of Jesus enables us to do incredible things because there's authority in that. Combine that with the power of the Spirit, that's what Peter and John had. Don't have silver or gold, but what I have I give you. I have the power of the Spirit living in me, the authority of Jesus Christ. And the authority is seen in what Peter says. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. It's five words, I had to count it one of the shortest prayers it's not eloquent in the name of Jesus of Nazareth walk Jesus Christ now it's not five words we're talking about you get the point if you don't sorry (laughs) Jesus' name changes lives have you thought about that? Throughout history, Jesus' name has changed lives. Seen the sick healed. People come to faith. The hungry fed. People lay down their lives each day because of the name of Jesus. There's power in that name. There is power in that name. There's authority in that name. It's a wonderful name. That's why we pray in Jesus' name. Because we're saying, God, I have no power. These hands are my hands, but in the name of Jesus... I have power and authority to do the things that Jesus did. And one of those things is to heal the sick. In the name of Jesus, Peter prays, and this crippled man gets up and walks. Then he jumps, then he walks, then he runs, then he shouts, then he's praising God. He says, this is incredible. I've been coming here every day in daily life because you've shown me compassion and prayed with authority. I can stand and walk. This, guys, is what we're to do. We're to see God invade everyday life. We're to be filled with compassion. And we're to pray in the name of Jesus because that's where power and authority to come. Imagine, you know, in this instance, this healing, thousands of people ran because the temple was always busy. Jerusalem is the centre. You know, it's like praying outside the houses of parliament on a busy day. You know, there's thousands of people around and they come flocking to hear the message of Jesus, which Peter takes this miracle and says, it's not about me. It's not about us. It's about him. It's about Jesus. Just one guy getting healed transforms this whole place at that time. 
It doesn't take much. Imagine if you just pray for someone in your workplace. God intervenes in their life, does something incredible. Imagine what that does. Imagine how that story starts to spread. Imagine you just pray for your neighbour. Even just showing compassion, even knowing your neighbour's name. I don't know what the percentage is of people who live in London who don't know who lives next door to them. Even showing compassion and love, that's going to start to spread, isn't it? It's going to start to influence people. You know, we get an opportunity to point people to Jesus by demonstrating what Jesus did, by praying. The impact we could have could be incredible. And you know, I want to say this. We all have a daily life. God longs to fill us all with compassion. And we have that power and authority if we follow Jesus. We all have all that we need so that our Monday morning can be different from any other Monday morning we've ever had. That, to me, opens up a whole world of possibilities. I don't know about you, though, but if you're like me, when you hear someone talking like this, you think, well, that's all very well for you to say, but how on earth do we actually do it? What does that really look like? To step out and pray for a stranger, that's a really big deal. Um, I want to say, first of all, it isn't that big a deal. And you might say, well, it's fine for you to say you've been at Bible college and done all those kind of clever things. Can I just say, for me, the biggest deal is when you get your first no when you're rejected, when someone doesn't want you to pray for them. And then you realise, actually, it's not that bad. Um, I, um, I went uh, praying with some guys a few weeks ago. We were praying um, around Ealing, and uh, I'd been praying before I went out, and I had a picture of a guy wearing a blue, uh, I think a blue shirt, and there was something else about him and the location we find him in. And I wandered to that place, hoping to find this guy to pray for and uh, then I saw a man, blue shirt, in the location, thinking, here we go. So I kind of walked over towards him, and, and, and this was at the end of the day, I'd, and during the day we'd be praying for a few other people, and, and this guy came up to me, and I stopped him, and i you know, feeling very confident, and this is all really great, and you know, we'd been praying before we came out, and we're looking for people to pray for, and, and God gave me a picture of it looks just like you, could I pray for you? And the guy looked at me and went, no. Walked off. That's okay. That's okay because I'm just going to pray for someone else. Went into a shoe shop in Bristol, and Nell was shopping, and I'll do anything but shop, so I was looking for people to pray for. Before. Gets me out of Mark's suspenses like, quicker than anything. It's brilliant. Anyway, so um, I'm in such trouble because she'll listen to this. Um, so um, we're in a shoe shop, and Nell's buying shoes, and, and, and the, I walk in, and, and I looked across the room at the, the girl who was, who was serving behind the counter, and I don't know what it was, just something in my heart went... I want to speak to her. Not me. I felt God wanted to speak to her. And, and I suddenly thought, that probably means I have to speak to her, but I don't know what to say. So I just was praying. And in the end, I just said to her, I said, look, this is going to sound really strange, but I'm a Christian, and I just sometimes God speaks to me for other people, and, and I felt he wanted to say something to you. At this point, I still don't know what I'm going to say, but I felt I had to say something. And, and as I said that, then I, a couple of things came to my mind and, and I just shared them with her. And she said, well, actually, I'm a Christian too and that's so encouraging. Thank you so much for praying for me. And we got into a really good conversation and, about her church and where she was. And, you know, because if we just gave up at the first no, we never get a chance to do, hear our first yes or see God heal people. And, and I don't want to say this to kind of dampen faith, but I, I was thinking about how many people I'd seen really... I've never seen a miraculous healing myself, personally, like the guy getting up off the floor and walking. I'm going to pray for as many people as I can until I see that happen. I don't mind if I have 999 no's 
Because when that one yes comes and people give their lives to Jesus, it's worth it. Now, I say it's not a big deal. The first time is probably a big deal. Maybe the second time too. But once you get used to it, once you just, it becomes part of daily life because we're filled with compassion and we pray in the name of Jesus, we're able to step out and do it. So what I want to do now is I'd like us to, I want to give you a model. And I say, when I say it's a model, I say it's just the way that I do it. And this model is kind of taken from different people that have influenced me and helped me. It's a model that we use at St. Paul's to pray for people. Um, and we're going to pray for healing. And then we're going to have some time to wait on God and see what else he wants to do. But I want to give you something you can take away so that tomorrow morning, and I'm praying that for many of us tomorrow morning, if not all of us, get an opportunity to put this into practice or sometime this week. So let me talk you through the model in a couple of minutes and then I'm going to just, I've got, I've, we're going to wait on the Lord just for a minute. I've, I felt God give me some words of knowledge, some things that he, he might want to do and then we're going to kind of demonstrate that. Is that okay? Good. This side of the room, definitely more enthusiastic than this side of the room. Is, is that okay? Good. That's, we didn't get a cheer. They got a cheer. Anyway. Okay. So the model is this. Basically, when you meet someone, and, and, and it's, it's obvious, maybe they've got a plaster cast on their leg or they're limping or whatever it might be, you think it's an opportunity to pray for someone. So you um, say they have, they've said yes to your initial approach. So you say, well, what's wrong? What can I pray for? Um, it might be they say, well, it's fairly obvious on my legs and a plaster cast. So my next question would be, well, so tell me where it hurts. And you remember when Robbie Dawkins was here a few weeks ago? Some of you will know who Robbie is. Robbie is a, a guy, amazing guy, who prays for lots of people. And he has a really simple thing to do. He says, well, to help them to find where the pain is the worst. And that's a 10. Okay? So you just, it doesn't take very long. Where's the pain? So say it's in their knee. Uh, when they bend their knee to that, that's a 10. So, okay, okay, well, let me pray. And I pray a really simple prayer. Jesus, I thank you that you heal for your healing power. I thank you for this person. I thank you that you love them, that you want a relationship with them. I pray you come now and heal their knee. And then what I'd probably do is I would speak to that knee. I'd say, knee, be healed in Jesus' name. By the authority of Jesus Christ, be healed. All pain go right now in Jesus' name. Amen. I think that's less than a minute I've prayed there. And then I'd ask them how it is. I'd say, can you just try and bend it a little bit? Is the pain any better? It was a 10 before. Maybe, maybe it's, has, it, has it gone down? And then you go from there. If they say it's a four, that's 60% healing. That's quite good. I have a lot of faith then to pray from four to naught. So then we'll pray again. Sometimes people don't like you pray more than once. You just pray. It's the dignity of the individual is really important. But you just pray that way. It's really simple. So you ask them what they want prayer for. And you pray really simply in the name of Jesus with compassion. Point them to Jesus all the time. And then you're finished. Ask them how they are. At the end of the prayer, always ask them, how did it go? How do you feel? Do you feel anything happening? Is there any difference? Is there any improvement? Should we demonstrate that? Should we see if we can start praying for some people? Great. Okay. Let's just pray for a moment. Let's just take a moment of quiet. I really encourage you to put your hands up. We're just going to sit, stay seated for the second. Father, in the name of Jesus, we just welcome your presence by your spirit. Thank you, Jesus, that when you were present so often, that the, that the power of the Lord is present to heal the sick. And we pray that your same power will be present here this evening. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. And your own prayer might just be, Lord, I want to know more of your presence.
more of your presence. Where the king is, that's where his presence is, that's where the kingdom is. Where the kingdom is, that's where healing is. Because healing is a sign of the kingdom of God. The healing, healing is the sign of the presence of the king. Come, Lord. Okay. I've got um, just a few words of knowledge. I'm just going to share one of them now. We're going to pray uh, for um, the rest a little later on. Has anyone here got an injury on their big toe on their right foot? I'm not going to wait for ages. I could be wrong. Okay. Do you know sometimes... Oh, there. Okay. Would you, be, would you be ever so kind as to come out to the front? Would that be possible? If you don't want to, it's absolutely fine. Great, thank you. Abby, could you come and join me? Is that all right? Thank you. Great. Yeah, just tell us your name. Jasmine. Jasmine, Jasmine, great. So it's on your right toe there? Yeah. Okay. Well, sometimes, oh yeah, there's a scar right there. Okay, so I'm going to get Abby to pray. Is that all right, Abby? Yeah. I didn't warn you of this. Sorry. <laughs> No, I didn't. I'm sorry. Okay, so just going to pray in that way. Is there pain? Do you have pain in your big toe? So where's the place of most pain? Don't want you to go there too much. Okay, so that would be, at that, this point in time, that would be quite painful. Okay, so let's say that's a 10, shall we? Is that okay? Okay, so Abby, she's pray as you would normally pray. Abby. Jasmine, any improvement in in that toe there? Any improvement in the pain? Yeah, I'd say so, yeah. So if you were at a 10 at first, where would you say you are now? So maybe a um, 6. Okay, so that's that's 40% better. Yeah, that's I'm great. It on a 10, yeah. Okay, Abby, would you pray again? Is that okay? Yep. Some of you just leant forward in your seats now. <laughs> God is on the move. God wants to heal. Come, Holy Spirit. Okay, Jasmine, try, try again. Any any improvement from that six? Be honest. No, not really. Okay, Jasmine, would it be all right if, if you and Abby just continue to pray over there? Is that okay? Abby, you can do that partly because I want to just to share some other stuff with with us. Is that all right? Wonderful. Thank you, Jasmine, so much for being so gracious. Um, just want to talk around that just for two seconds. One is is that. Um, if, if I am praying for healing, I'll ask permission if it's okay to lay hands. Um, often I just put my hand on a shoulder um, or I'll just pray. It doesn't really matter. And I always look at people, keep my eyes open. Um, and people often, when they're not churchy, look, at, look back at you. Um, that's quite unnerving. Don't worry about that because you're speaking good things to them. You're saying, you're looking them in the eyes. Peter and John looked at him, looked at the, the crippled man in the eyes and looked at him and said, because they're saying you've, you're valuable, you're important. And when you're telling someone eye to eye that God loves them, it's incredibly powerful. 
When you're looking at someone saying, God is for you, not against you, it's incredibly powerful. Okay, so you see, it's really a really simple model. Tomorrow morning, you just happen to see someone who catches your attention. You have no idea why. You might say to them, um, hi, my name's Phil, or my name's Chris. I'll use my example. My name's Chris. Uh, this might sound really strange, but I, I just like to pray for you. I'm a Christian. Is there anything I can pray for you for? That's, that's my kind of opening line. You can write that down if you like. Don't use my name. Um, and then just offer to pray. And if they say, yeah, I've got this I need praying for, I need prayer for healing or whatever it might be, then I just want to pray. Praying for healing, is that's how I would do it. I would ask them, to, where's the pain? How can I pray? Pain go in the name of Jesus. We're praying in Jesus' name. That's where power and authority comes from. Does that make sense? Is that okay? So we've, have, have, do we feel like we've got a tool that we can take with us on our Monday? That maybe God could use in our daily life when our hearts are full of compassion to see God do miracles. I believe God wants to heal people. I believe God wants to heal people. And I believe I want to persevere and keep praying. And if someone's not healed, if it doesn't happen, which sometimes is the case, I still get an opportunity to say to that person, you know, the reason I've prayed is because God loves you. And I just want you to know that God loves you. He wants a relationship with you. He'll never leave you or forsake you. And if you remember nothing else about that today, remember this crazy guy who just asked you if you could pray because of God's love. You just get an opportunity to minister to people. It's okay. That's a great thing to finish with. And people are really grateful. They're grateful to know and to hear of what God's doing. Can I invite us to stand?